2: There you go. That was good. Yes. Stong,
3: stong, stong.
0: <laughs> you are listening to the Burrows of Berea. no,
2: no no no, notes, no-de-no, note, notes from the underground.
1: Well, welcome back, folks, to Notes from the Underground. I'm your host, Tiziana Mom So Hard Subverse.
0: <laughs> what does the Mom So Hard say today?
1: If your little friend shipped off a bridge, would you? <laughs> That's
0: good. Yeah, I, I like the Eat the Your Broccoli cor- one. That was a good yeah, one. Yeah. Eat
1: Your Broccoli. Was- oh, yeah. yeah. That was a good one. <laughs> Behind the glass, Rocket Man Andy Bishop. <laughs>
2: and. <laughs> Very solemn episode, everyone. And
1: I'm Rick. B- <laughs> well, she-
0: <laughs> I'm she Rick. B- Welch <laughs> that's my middle name now i should have never said that that's going to carry for the rest of my life yeah i'm, I'm having a good time watching gregula over there play with this uh, uh andy's cat it's no longer a kitten it's a cat now well he's mm.
2: like a you know he's, he's like a, a, he's a older
0: boy a, young
2: teen maybe yeah
0: he's a teen it's fun to watch him in there andy will stand up sometimes and greg will literally climb his pants <laughs> climb me pardon so my french
1: so cute <laughs> He's mm. serious, little fella, and you've got another you're a little what little dog back there.
2: Oh yeah, oh oh yeah, that's fancy. We're foster. Fa- she's a foster. She's not ours. Fancy, fancy. Here's that's your what. One,
1: just fancy, don't let me oh down. yeah, exactly. I was. Uh, is that yeah. the Reba? Reba
2: song? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so one, fancy, I don't know don't that song, down. but she is named for that song. This fancy is the name Kristen gave her when she arrived here without a name. Oh. Uh, she has a very bad skin condition. She's a uh, Chinese uh, hairless Chinese crested. With pretty bad skin, so we're trying to get her skin straight. She needs to go back to the vet. She's better than she was, which is crazy because she's not very good. Yeah. But improved anyways. And uh, and she's very sweet, if largely flavorless. Very expensive
1: dogs, though. Yeah. Those
2: Chinese crested things, they're like a lot of money.
1: Yeah, and it's surprising that one would find its way into a shelter. Our... Considering our, that, the fact our that they're literal expensive.
2: guess is that she's kind of a a used up, like a used up redneck breeding dog.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my, my, mm-hmm. oh. That is either heartburn, heartburn or rage. I can't tell. <laughs> that just like swelled up from my pregnant <laughs> belly. Yeah. That's like, because, oh you know, like right now, like you don't know. Like, I, I, I went to the fair, I took my daughter to the fair. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. And, um, you know, she's only two, so there's only so much she can do at the fair, exactly, right? But the animals she was super into. And like oh, every yeah. time we would like— get I'm, I still am. Oh, who isn't, right? Like, but every time we get to the end, she'd be like, more animals, more animals. We'd have to like loop around and go again. And um, I'm not even kidding. There were several mammals, female mammals, because you can see on the things, that would get up to the gate and start sniffing my belly. Like, oh, they knew. Yeah, every mammal knows pregnant. Every yeah. every mother knows pregnant.
2: That's funny. I mean, and yeah, just, the kind
1: of thought, just the thought, just that, just the sentence, some redneck breeding dog, like as a pregnant mom right now, like just makes like every feeling of Aww. like solidarity with every living thing that's gone through this. For, for the record, like, I'm whelp. not
2: saying the dog's a redneck.
1: No, I know. <laughs> no, what I mean is like, just like yeah. there are certain but, things. There are certain things that happen to minority people that even if it like that all like when a minority person sees it goes I know that there are certain things that happen to women that I see it no matter what their species is right like I see it I'm like I know that you know I know that and like just that thought that poor little dog I want to adopt fancy she is. She's pretty rough looking. She's rough. Yeah. I will say. Well, Chinese crested I, on a
2: good day is yeah. an ugly dog. Yeah. Yeah. She's. It, yeah.
1: I wanted to pet her, but I was like, "Is it contagious?"
2: I I had like, a, no. No, <laughs> it's not contagious, but it is like petting a plucked chicken.
1: It's exactly <laughs> what it's like. It's exactly what it's like. Yeah. That's exactly what it's like. That's funny. All right. Well, so so listen. I
0: didn't bring a joke last time. I didn't no, bring a you joke. Didn't. But I was I,
1: extremely disappointed. So I brought a dirty joke.
0: Frankly. I'm just Ooh. kidding. It's not dirty. I'm just uh, kidding. But it I'm is a Larry.
1: I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah, <it's true. laughs> Bring it's it to the, the Bible worst. study.
0: So yeah. when, so uh, I haven't done a Larry the 15th Apostle joke in a while. No, oh, it's been yeah. a minute. Yeah, it has been a minute. So, okay. so this uh, woman dies. She goes to the pearly gates and Larry the 15th Apostle is sitting there. Mm-hmm. And uh, she walks up and she says, this is amazing. I, I never, I, I didn't know that I could, you know, just that I was going to make it here. He's like, yeah, I haven't actually made it here yet. He's like, you have to answer one question. If you get the question right, we'll let you in. It's real simple. She was like, okay, so what's the question? He says, what is Easter? So she says, okay. Easter is an important holiday in the Christian faith. You see, after Jesus was crucified, he was laid in his tomb and a stone was placed across the entrance. But three days later, Mary Magdalene came to anoint his body for burial. And lo, the stone had been rolled away and the tomb was empty. And an angel told her. So she goes on for like like this for minutes. Yeah. She's quoting chapters and verses. She's analyzing all the pagan influences on the modern holiday. Everything you could possibly want to know about Easter, right? So Larry is astounded and she's she's clearly very knowledgeable and while she's giving this lecture he takes out the cold the golden key from his angel toga and he puts the key in the lock and he turns the key and the girl says but wait i'm not finished i have one more important point every year the stone of his tomb is rolled away And Jesus comes out, and if he sees his shadow, there are six more weeks of winter. (laughs) Boom, she went to purgatory.
1: She went there like, you're out of here. You're out of here. That's a good one. I just
0: liked it because it had Mary Magdalene's name in it. I
1: liked it. Well, I mean, you know, because I mean, again, that's what we've been talking about. The fact that she was so prominent and, and, and such an important person in the movement that all four Gospels attest to the fact that she was the first person there at the tomb and the first person to witness his his resurrection although except mark mhm not not the one mark different yeah well there's one of them that that says like these women were there and doesn't well, necessarily like it's
0: mark it's mark chapter 9 after yeah. the 8 verses there's a belief in earlier versions from mm-hmm. if that's what you're going yes, after yes that's the one yeah
1: where he like appears to some dudes Walking along, and like that's the one, that's who it appears to. But, but I don't, I don't think that the four versions of the oh, resurrection. You're talking about
0: the disciples on the Emmaus road. Yeah, you're talking about the Emmaus road.
1: Yeah, there's one like.
0: Hmm. That's
1: I almost what is that? I what think is that? That's I'm Matthew.
0: Doing? But if you do E M M A U S Emmaus, that'll take you right to it. So I was talking about how Mark supposedly some earlier manuscripts didn't have verses nine through the rest of the chapter. And that's when it's in verse nine actually mentions Mary Magdalene. Remember, I told you that once before yeah. I said in verse yeah. eight, it says, and they were afraid and they said nothing. Yeah. The end. Like, I liked that ending. I thought, wow, that's a great way to end that story, you know? So
1: that's Luke. It says it's Luke, actually. For
0: the Emmaus Road?
1: Yeah. Okay. Whereas, like, it doesn't necessarily say, you know, that he appeared to, you know, the the women doesn't say anything about that and it says that you know it just says you know heroes or whatever it's would have to would have to go read it yeah yeah you yeah. know but sure. it doesn't matter
2: i agree with Rick, though, that the the uh they were afraid the, the end. end yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, go and tell and it's like i'm not telling squat are are you crazy <laughs>
2: Go well, and tell so, him what? That a guy just rose from the dead? <laughs> yeah.
1: So this is a really interesting. So so during my research on, on Mary, right? Like, so this is an interesting place to start, to, to pick up our discussion. Okay. Right? The 12 were like terrified and they're hiding in a, um. they're hiding up in the upper room. Right. Right. So two things. Number one, the 12 were just a part of the posse that followed Jesus. Um you know for example when he sends out the 70 in luke he sends out 70 people to go out in pairs and they go out and they do it's that luke 10 and they go out and they they're like lord even the demons are submitting to us in your name and he's like that's great but don't rejoice that demons are submitting to you rejoice that your names are written in the book of life right mm-hmm. So so Jesus had a lot of people that were a part of his ministry that had power to do what he was doing because of their faith in him and in what he was saying that they were, which were the first, he was the first fruits of this relationship with God that all of us were destined to have if we just chose right. to accept it, right? That we yes. all have Jesus's power. He's like, don't be that impressed by it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That was 70 people. So when we think about... Jesus and we think about the depictions of Jesus. Like when I say depictions, I mean pictorial, and I mean like when we watch movies and stuff. You always see Jesus like chilling with twelve dudes. That's not entirely correct. Like he had a lot of people. That's right. That were invested in his movement. Yep. However.
2: It probably takes a few people to get remembered for uh, 2,000 plus years. Yeah.
1: Well, so there's a difference, though. So so one of the things that 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 I that someone mentioned in, in my reading, I, I guess it probably was Bruce Chilton, too, who, you know, like I said, one super fan of the way that he was sort of filling in the blanks in terms of Mary's character and stuff, but he did say this really cool thing that I was like, oh, had I hadn't thought about that. He was talking about the political environment when Jesus started his ministry. Mm-hmm. John had just got his head chopped off for preaching a gospel other than the one that was being perpetuated by the Pharisees and Sadducees of his day. For the
2: ignorant, you mean the Baptist. John the Baptist. John the Baptist, yeah.
1: So, Herod was the king of the Jews, right, at the time of Jesus' ministry. Yes. He was a puppet king installed by the Roman government because he was more invested in what—in the prestige that being in this position got him. And he was kind of like—and when we see Herod, for the most part, like, at the end of Jesus's ministry, he's often depicted as just kind of like a wild, rotten, lascivious—kind of like—I always think of him as, like, um, Joaquin Phoenix's character in Gladiator.
0: Mm, Yeah.
1: Like, that's how Herod is always
0: depicted in my brain. I always saw him as—have you ever seen Braveheart? Yeah. Do you remember, like, the the lover— the one lover of the prince, you know, like the uh, of the daughter of of Edward Longshanks, he was sort of like. Sorry, if you ever look at him, he was just. He's very. He acts like he's brave, and he's. You know, he's. He seems like, in other words, he's like, he's following this role. He's got the dress. He's got the palace. He's got all the things. Yeah. But he lacks any ability whatsoever to be a king.
1: See, and, and the thing is, like, I think about the fact that, you know, Herod, so Herod's this king, and when Salome does the little dance, right, mm-hmm. and he's yeah. like, what do you want up to half my kingdom? And her mom, who's all mad because John's been pointing a finger at her relationship because there was some weird incestuous stuff going on in Herod's court. Yep. Yeah. And he's like, she's like, I want to head John the Baptist. And Herod's like, damn. <laughs> that's not what I... God, I don't want to do that. That's don't not want to what do I was that. asking. But he didn't have power to say no to a 16-year-old girl. Get out of here. What is wrong with you? Who's in charge of this country, sir? Yeah. So, like, he, so I always think of him as like a cross between the hedonist robot in oh my God. Futurama. <laughs> and <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix's character in Gladiator. Just wow, like
3: yeah.
1: unfit. Not a competent leader, but, in, but but still has to answer to Rome. Yes. Who does not want to continue to see this Jewish uprising that is beginning to brew, which eventually culminates in the horrible destruction of the Temple in 70 AD, right. right? So this is the political environment that Jesus starts his ministry in. Not only is he sort of a bad guy in the terms of the Jewish religious leaders of his day, he's kind of a bad guy in terms of Rome which makes him a bad guy in terms of Herod, Mm -hmm. right? So when Jesus picks 12 very specific disciples and sends them out, y'all, they're decoys.
0: Mm. Decoys. Decoys. I've never heard this
1: before. I'd never heard it either, but Hmm. think about it. Because Jesus' had Jesus's ministry contained many people. First of all, we know in Luke 10 that he sent out 70 people in pairs that were doing all this work in his name. But he had these 12 people very specifically very early on that he says, go out and do these works in my name. Jesus had zero ego. Yeah. Jesus was not invested in himself being perpetuated. He was interested in the kingdom of God being perpetuated. Yes. He was interested in the truth I would agree with of that. everyone's personal connection to God and their own right to walk in that power being perpetuated. But he probably didn't want to get killed before he had a chance to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he picked 12 dudes. He probably picked them till that. He, they, Jesus disappeared in a crowd. Yep. He, wasn't, he, he probably wasn't a looker. He, no. he probably wasn't very tall. There was nothing about him that likely stood out. And so he picked 12 guys that were about probably his same age. He was a carpenter. They were all fishermen. They all were kind of probably like a little bit, they all had dad bods, I bet, you know? Except for the tax collector. Except for the tax collector. But we don't know because we don't know. This is me making a leap. This is me making a leap. But, but, But it's possible that the purpose of the disciples specifically was this idea of decoy. If we can send you guys out, and it would it would confuse the Romans, so they wouldn't exactly know. They would be having conflicting sort of reports yeah, about what like Jesus be looked pictures like. Of them. Right, there would be like kind of conflicting reports about which what, what he looked like exactly, huh, like, this is and like and and more importantly where he was located. Because I, if people I were buy going it, actually. out,
0: actually, that's kind of interesting. It's definitely interesting. I had
1: never heard this before. But he was so 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 what so what he's saying is, is there's a difference between disciples and apostles. There's a difference, and, and the word, um, there's different language used to describe different people in the Jesus movement, right? So, these, but, so the disciples had a specific function, which was, A, once Jesus was gone, to be the seed that produced the harvest, mm-hmm. but while Jesus was alive, to be a de, to disseminate the message in a way that confused the Roman government and made it more difficult to get a finger on Jesus,
0: Hmm, that's interesting.
1: And so, and the reason that this is brought up Yeah, in a book about Mary
0: Magdalene, I was really curious why. The,
1: real, I'm the reason <laughs> this is brought up is because what has happened is the 12, based on their gender, have been elevated to a place of importance within the Jesus movement that isn't necessarily deserving.
0: They're not necessarily mm. deserving of. Okay.
1: So, but because he chose 12 dudes, it's assumed that only dudes were given the power to participate in the ministry. Only dudes were given the right to be apostles and plant and share. Only men were responsible. And all women did was like, you know, cook cook the fish sandwiches and darn their socks. Yes. But if we stop and ask ourselves, what was Jesus' political (laughs) maneuver? Did those dorks
0: wear socks with their sandals? I mean, it's possible.
1: It's possible. <laughs> Just kidding. But you know what I'm saying? So, so so part of the part of the part of the idea here, when we think about the 12 and Jesus' 12 disciples being more of a, an opportunity to create decoys, then we can start to we can start to deconstruct and break down the gender ideology that has been embedded in that belief system, which includes and therefore, only men should have positions of power and responsibility because only men were disciples in Jesus's day.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: No, they weren't. There was a large group of people that followed Jesus. The 12 had a very specific function. And that is my, might be, and hmm. what I think, is probably part of why they were quaking in their boots. Yeah. Because they had been sent out in his name, been seen enough, and they had been seen enough because Jesus was attempting to diffuse and disseminate so that he could have more time hmm. to do what he did. And so that's might be part of why hmm. these guys were so terrified that would make Genuinely sense why the little girl
0: recognized Peter Peter
1: that's right, Ah, I like that.
0: So Andy, and just so you understand when Christ is in the middle of all of his, Uh, trials. Uh Peter Peter and John, technically John, are trying to get in close to see what's going on during these trials. And Peter is hanging out in the court waiting, and people recognize him. Hey, weren't you with that? Weren't you with the Galilean? Weren't you with the one that's being on trial right now? And he's like, no, he's denying Christ. And so with with what you're saying, he would have been recognized because he was that person that had been sent out in these places. And they were like, hey, weren't you that guy that was speaking on his name?
1: Now there's no way to prove any of it right it's an interesting theory no no theory. speculative but so 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 when we think about language and we think about apostles and disciples um the word that's used to describe these women that so so let's get let's go back in time a little bit we know that Mary Magdalene was part of, and not only just part of, but head of. And the reason we know she was the head of is because she's mentioned first every time there's every a list. Every single time. That's every right. single time there's a list of women, Mary Magdalene is mentioned first. That means that she was in charge of them. Mm-hmm. That's what that means. Yep. So so we have this woman who is ahead of a list of women. The list of women include other prominent figures of the time, including members of Herod's court, which yeah. is fascinating. Yeah, um, very interesting. And um, talk about the inside track, baby. Yeah, which what we're going to talk about too. But we're going to talk about because uh, patrons and patronage was a big part of Roman culture. Big part of Roman culture. It's, right. It, the the stratus the strata of Roman social life was divided in this kind of, you had a, like a caste system and um, wealthy patrons were part of the, the, the people at the top. Like they, they were kind of part of this, the, like that the system of patronage was part of the Roman social structure. Mm, okay. So it was like, so lots of people had, you know, patrons, like people that were lower on the strata had higher people on the strata that were patrons for them and that would, like, support them, like, artists or whatever, like, the, the whatever their social strata is. But then when it came time for, like, voting and, like, you know, um, political maneuvering, then these, like, lower people who'd been being supported would support the person higher up. Yeah. So, it, it's not really—it's interesting. But So, the reason it's interesting that someone from Herod's court was a patron to Jesus is because it would have feigned the idea that as a patron— when it came time to support Herod's right to power, Jesus, because he was being patronized, ah. because yeah, because he was a lower person who was had a patron that was part of Herod's court. When the time came, Jesus would ultimately give his allegiance to this theoretically, theoretically support Herod because claim. that's how the Roman that's how the Roman society was structured. That's how they did things. Oh wow! Yeah, like wheeling and dealing. Well, it's not that much different from our current system. More no, frankly, no, it's just if the lobbyists pay you to fly to France to do a thing, then you're more likely to sign legislation that supports them. Sure. That's essentially the system. Yeah. So you, so that was the system in Rome. And so that was how that social structure worked. So you have these women. So when you say these women supported his ministry, what the question, the question that remains is what does that word mean? Because the word in Greek is dikonos, which is deacon, which is a word we see repeated often Throughout the epistles, and especially in Pauline epistles later, to refer to the a process of the Eucharist. And the very early Christian churches, which met in homes and which met in you know, small intimate settings, mm-hmm. these deacons were responsible for the liturgy. Yeah. So
0: the these women that are serving Jesus are literally deacons.
1: They're literally deacons. By
0: the word. By the, the words. Greek word.
1: Right. And if we go, well, what does that mean in antiquity? Like, because we don't have exactly, we don't know exactly what it meant for Jesus' ministry, but we can look at the the church that began to develop very shortly after his his death, mm-hmm. and we can look at the Pauline epistles and we can say, well, what kind of roles did deacon women have in that regard? And then we can kind of maybe hopefully with a degree of Certainty <laughs> retroactively apply it to these women: Susanna, Salome, Mary Magdalene, and uh, Joanna. Right? These mentioned amongst other women.
0: I just thought of something funny. Yeah. So the women were deacons and the men were decoys.
1: Yes, <laughs> I'm telling you. Back to you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. That's interesting. I mean, it's, again, I'm I'm sort of theorizing. It's all speculative. It's I get all it. speculative, but it makes a lot of sense because, like, we, again, and and we look at the. Everything we've talked about in these notes from the underground, way back from John the Baptist, Mm. the story of God demanding that women be included in the story of God. Right. Yeah. By erasing the men at all from the birth of John the Baptist or Jesus Christ. It, It makes total sense. The very
0: thing that was wrong with humanity was that man was alone, that's the thing that was wrong. Like everything is good except this. Yeah, and you so know? God's
1: like, so y'all are m- m- mucking it up down here. Exactly. Because yeah. you have cut out women. You're screwing it up. Yep. You, you you're spare parts, bud. Get it together. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And so yeah. that so so and and we have examples we have you know him insisting that Mary has a right to learn refusing to force her to go back to the kitchen but saying no she's an important place here to learn with me by by defending the woman caught in the act of adultery and demanding that the men with stones in their hands prove why they felt they had the right like what made them so special right by yep. by demanding <clears throat> that, that that by 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 honoring the woman, the sinful woman who who cries and, and wipes his feet with her tears and her hair by standing up for her and yeah. saying, this woman is so much more loved by me than you because she has proven, you know, when some from who much has been given, what not, uh, much has been forgiven from her. Yeah. And so her her gratitude and her love for God and her commitment to God far exceeds you, Pharisee.
0: What about in the Gospel of John? Whenever Mary, the sister of Martha, is actually broke the spike nerd oh, yeah. and put it on Jesus. And what did they what did the men say? You're wasting the money.
1: He's like, no, she's anointing me. You know The poor
0: will you'll always have with you, but this woman will never be forgotten. And yeah. we still talk and we still about it. So, yeah. so
1: Jesus had this really strong and, and 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 prominent history of including women. The chances, the likelihood of women being included in the 70 that was sent out to me is probably high. Mm-hmm. It never says 70 men. I was getting
0: ready to ask you that question. Do you think that women were part of those disciples? I do.
1: I very much do. And, and I think one of the things that— Which
0: goes the, against the theory of the decoy.
1: Well, not necessarily at that point.
0: But yeah, no, by, by the 70. I'm by saying. the 70,
1: yeah, the 70. Um, I don't see why not— I don't either. I don't see why not, especially given the fact that we see so many uh, inscriptions in ancient synagogues and on ancient gravestones and stuff, the um, the gratitude and, and then the elevation of Jewish Jewish priestesses, mm-hmm. right? So a, a, a female bearer of wisdom within the Jewish culture was entirely unheard of, mm-hmm. you know, even though, like I'd said before— Women, as a general rule, were considered so untrustworthy they weren't even allowed to like testify in court. You know, in terms of like the general culture. But again, you have like people like Deborah, who was a judge, that sort of stand out. So, so it wasn't unheard of for women to have this level of power. And as a matter of fact, think about Romans, right? The very book ready of to Romans ask you about Greeks. You're talking about the book. Well, of Well, let's Romans. talk about this. Okay, so here's here's where we're at because I want to I want at the very end of the book of Romans, right? So Paul sends this letter to the Romans. It's kind of like. I don't think Paul had been to Rome yet. I think Paul was going to go to Rome. And I think that he was kind of like setting the letter in advance because he keeps saying like, I keep hoping to come to you and I haven't been able to blah, blah, blah.
0: No, he had not been to Rome yet. Yeah.
1: So, so he hadn't been to Rome yet, but he wants to go there. At the end, so it's it's Romans chapter 16, 1 through 25. It's like the, the 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 closing chapter, the closing, and in conclusion, Yeah, he says, I want to thank all these people. It's like at a Grammys, right? Someone gets their award and <laughs> yeah. then they're like, they say about like, you know, I got here with this, you know, the power of this and that. And I want to thank all these people, right? Right. I'm going to start thanking so many people that they play the music and they kick them on stage. Paul does <laughs> this like enormous, it's like 25 verses of, and thank this person and this person and this person, Right he thinks 28 people
0: mm-hmm.
1: 10 of them are women the first one is Priscilla ah uh, the first one the, the wife of Aquila well right? yeah um yeah Priscilla Wait, you know and Aquila you know what let's just read it all right because I think it's important Phoebe excuse me I lied. I lied. This is why you read your Bible, folks. Why did, yeah. Get it right, lady. This is why you Come read your on. Bible. Because as soon as you said Priscilla and Nicole, I was like, yeah, that's, wait, no, that's right. A- Andy so, was getting ready so, to call so, you out on that so, <laughs> yeah, Andy, was, I, Andy that. was like, excuse me, ma'am.
0: <laughs> oh, I have to say on a side note that Andy and I were talking about it today. And I said, remember, Andy, I'm just, I'm trying to get people to read the Bible and understand it for themselves. Yeah. And I, and I said, I'm trying to get, I said the word you, right? I said the you. And I said, by you, I mean everybody. And so Andy's response was, well, you just bring people in to read it aloud to me all the time. So he's getting plenty of Bible. Yeah. He's getting plenty of Yeah,
2: it. yeah. He said it in the thing of like, try to get you to read the Bible. He's like, well, I don't specifically mean you, general you. And I was like, yeah, no, for me specifically, you have people read.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's got more Bible than a lot of Christians I know, I promise you right Isn't now. Isn't that wonderful?
2: I've
1: done a lot of learning. He's There's done been a lot. A lot of-
2: yeah, and, he's, done, and he's I've learned. Done, I've done some learning.
1: We might some... Give, we might, I'm going to make you a little certificate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to make you a graduated Sunday school certificate. Actually,
0: you know? it nice. needs to be a jackass award. Burroughs. The Burroughs. <laughs> oh! <laughs> it even took me a minute. No, sorry.
1: That, yeah, that's t- okay. Good. Hey, thank it took you. Me a minute. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Everybody's looking at me like, why did you call
1: Andy a jackass? <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, rude, sir. Rude. No, that's anyway, a so, award. You, so, 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 Romans 16. Yep. I, so, I commend to you our sister Phoebe, a deacon, and that's that word, diakonos There it is. Of the church in Centuri, I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of His people and to give her any help she may need from you, for she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. That's a whole paragraph, y'all. Then he's like, greet Priscilla and Aquila, my co-workers in Christ Jesus. They risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful to them. Priscilla's mentioned before her husband— Always. 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 Also greet the church. Now, that is significant. The order of names and the way that the order of names is listed is significant. That's part of the structure of letter writing and communicating value and worth and importance. That's part of it. Yep. Um, greet also the church that meets at their house, greet my dear friend Epinetus, who was the first convert to Christ in the promise of Asia, greet Mary, who worked hard for you, greet Andronicus and Hunia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me, now Andronicus and Hunia, Hunia is mentioned second in that regard, um, greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ, blah, 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 greet S, um, Aristobulus, Herodonian, Narcissus, you know, greet um, type. Trifena narcissist. He wasn't saying narcissus, that Herodotus yeah. was a yeah. uh, narcissist. I really need to study Greek because I, I don't. Even, I don't half these names. Um, Tryphena and Trifosa, those women who worked hard in the Lord. So you've got a, a pair of sisters who yep. are doing this team with teamwork. Great Rufus, blah blah blah. So so he so everybody else gets like a second, but Phoebe gets a, a, a paragraph. Phoebe is yeah. the deacon and patron of Paul that has been given the responsibility of delivering this litter to the people of Rome, yeah, to the churches of Rome. Not only the church of Rome, but the churches of Rome. So she is a traveling preacher, a traveling pastor, a traveling deacon who is delivering this letter to the people and then staying in their churches. They're receiving her, which means she's then now probably having a meal with them. She's doing all this stuff, you know, she's presiding over the service.
2: Maybe even known.
1: And given, and, and she's, yeah. And she's been given the responsibility- much like Mary was given the responsibility, Mary Magdalene was given the responsibility of telling the deacons what Jesus—or telling the disciples what Jesus' next move was. She's been given the responsibility of, of not just handing over this letter, but being Paul's personal spokesman.
0: Do you know what I'm hearing? They were both successful in their quest because the, the letter made it to Rome. Yeah. And we got it today.
1: Yeah, and we have Phoebe to and thank Mary, for that.
0: Yep. And Mary Magdalene did her part. Yeah. She got it to the disciples, and we hear it today. Yeah. Isn't that awesome?
1: And and so successful so successful so, in their so, quest. So this also, so again, so this is really important. She has been the benefactor of many people, including me, a benefactor.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: What what? What what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems, right. it's not
2: like her husband was the benefactor That's of correct. many people, including me. Yeah. yeah. Thank
1: you, sir. So what so there are two two things we talked we talked about. The structure of society in Rome. You had these social strata where people on the top would be patrons of people that were lowered down in an effort to secure their opinion and their vote, you know, so that when push came to shove, if there was going to be some sort of political coup, you would have some support, right? Okay. Greek culture was structured—in Greek culture, you had two, two social realms. You had the oikos and you had the polis. Oikos was the realm of the home and polis was the realm of the political. So within the Oikos, that was like, you know, um, that was the realm of women. That's where women had control. They had control of the home. They ran the home. They were the financial managers of the home. They were in charge of the slaves. That's what they did. And the men were in charge of like voting and the men were in charge of all things that, that were political. And it was, these were the roles that they fulfilled in in society. But one of the things that we don't understand about Greek economy and about the Greek structure of the home is that we're not talking about like uh, American homes, American families consume. That's what they do. Mm -hmm. Uh, An American family is a consuming unit. A Greek family, a Greek home was a production unit. It was an economy. It made wool. It made wine. It made um, oil. It made fabric. Think about the Proverbs 31 woman. What does she do? She weaves with her own hand. She, you know, she produces, she laughs, she's she's in charge, she's a productive. So Greek homes were tiny economies that were designed to sustain all of the people that lived within the home, the children, the slaves, the the parents, whatever, extended family members, but then was also designed to have something else to offer outside of that. So women were economic managers of their homes. They were financial managers. They were in charge of these enormous, like economic, um, yeah, like just economic. I was going say farms.
2: that wasn't it typical that they would kind of control the finances? Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, they were because they were in charge of all of it, and so and husbands, you know, they were they were in the symposium. They were like pol- they were they were meeting in the in the streets and like like Mordecai voting and shit. Yeah. yeah. Mm. voting and like, yeah, and like, I'm,
2: I'm busy hoping to yeah. influence the kingdom. And maybe they
1: were <laughs> merchants, you know, if they, if they, if they, if they were merchants or whatever, they were like, you know, going down to ships and like sending stuff. So these, so, so a woman was a household manager in a way that prepared her uniquely to be responsible and in charge of a lot of stuff. And when you're talking about these homes which is where most of the time the Christian faith and the Christian community was um, was proliferating because it was illegal, the homes were run by women. They were run by women. It sure. was the women who, like, look at Lydia. Mm-hmm. Lydia yes. was one of the first people in the book of Acts, you know, that converted her entire household because she was in charge. Yeah. Women were in charge of the house.
0: Isn't she described as the person that uh, sold, like, fabric? Yes, purple, purple fabric. Purple fabric, yeah. right.
1: Because the home was not just she a was place, a production unit. It was not just a place of consumption. It was a place of production. Yeah,
0: a maker and of. She was in fabric. charge of that. That's right. That's yep. exactly
1: right. And so these women had money, and they had influence, and they had power. If they had husbands. Um, chances are their husbands were like, didn't bother with it as long as their household was running because that was her job. That wasn't his job. Right. His job was politics or his job was like being a merchant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. They didn't, they didn't need permission. And what's also interesting is it's like not entirely unusual in Greek culture. If a husband was missing or gone for like extended periods of times or even possibly dead for her to continue on in that role. Hmm. Think about the Odyssey. Yeah. The Odyssey, one of the oldest Greek stories that we have, right? Yeah. This guy, Odysseus, goes on this, like, crazy long journey. He's gone for how long? 20 years. Yep. That entire time, his wife, who's left at home, Penelope, continues to run the family home. And there's all these suitors that are trying to marry her, but she's like, no, I'm not doing that. She, like, creates this whole thing, right? She's, like, weaving on the loom, and well, once she finishes looming— Doesn't
2: she—I believe, I believe she loses— a lot of her power if she marries. There's some like, there's also some like Big, societal aspect to it, That's right? what I'm saying,
1: exactly. Where she's just
2: like, there ain't nothing in this for me. You don't bring enough to the table. That's right. <laughs> because she yeah.
1: was the manager of her house. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. she was in charge and she was in charge of the slaves and she was in charge of her children. There's this one like snarky verse where her son like tells her to go back to her weaving and she's like, oh. <laughs> 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 you know, she's like, oh, you're ear toot. Little tutor, yeah. you know, because she was, she'd been running that for 20 years. She'd been running that household.
3: Yeah.
1: And she'd been defending off these men with sticks left and right. You know what I mean? And the reason that Penelope is per- portrayed that way is because she's an example of a steadfast, straightforward, hardworking, eyes wide open woman hmm. that knows how to hold it down and to keep things in check and to not be persuaded when her husband's been gone for 20 years. So do you think that,
0: uh, do you think that, based on everything you're saying right here, because I'm I'm thinking about Mary Magdalene as yeah. that leader.
1: That's exactly right. So my thoughts are this. Okay. Mary Magdalene comes from, um, a, she's a Jewish woman raised in the Jewish town of Magdala, However, it is embedded in the larger Greco-Roman context. Now keep in mind, there was a period of time where Greece was in, had a heyday, right? And like yeah. this is B.C., like I think Greece finally bends the knee to Rome in like 162 yes. BCE. Mm-hmm. Um, but before that, Greek Greece was like the ruler, especially during the Hellenistic period, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is like like 325 BCE, something yeah. like that. Alexander. Um, yeah. Everybody, like, wanted to be these people. They, like, loved Greek culture and Greek society. Like, there's a reason why the Egyptians compiled—that was a pregnancy. That was another pregnancy burp.
0: All right. Nice. Yeah, you're welcome. So many of those.
1: <laughs> if there's not some bodily function every episode, I don't feel good about myself. <laughs> so, so— I was so distracted by my own burp. I don't remember what I was talking about. So Mary Magdalene, Greco-Roman culture. Greek. You're so talking everybody about loved Greece, right? Yeah. Alexander the Great. They wanted to perpetuate Greek culture. Yeah. This was the structure of Greek culture. This is the place women had in Greek culture. Mm-hmm. Then um, you've got so and so Rome. Like they even like sent emissaries. They like went to study Rome, Greek culture. And like if you do like some side by side comparisons of like Greek literature and Roman literature, like Greek poetry and Roman poetry, there's all this symmetry, you know. And finally, Rome gains power and sort of like subjugates Greece. And but Greece doesn't like go away or anything. They're still doing their thing and running their culture their way.
0: <laughs> they still are right now. <laughs>
1: yeah, they're still like you know they're still kicking it, right? Yeah. They're still doing doing the damn thing, as they yeah, say. They So, so it's not like they went away, but you have these, like you have all this. So this is like this melting pot of culture. And then you have you have Mary of Magdala, who is who's a Jewish woman who has finances. There's no mention of husband or children of any kind. And she's in a position both to be a spiritual deacon, a leader within the Christ movement, also from a place of personal experience, because she's been delivered personally. And her commitment level to the ministry of Jesus and the message of Jesus is proportional to her level of healing, which was great. But she had—she must have had money. So I imagine—I imagine that Mary was likely like—maybe like Penelope. Mm -hmm. Maybe she had gotten married at a young age. The sprat, this little sprat fish, which was a, a hugely important export, because you've got to think about it. Jews couldn't eat a whole heck of a lot; they had a lot of dietary restrictions, but fish wasn't one of them. Yeah. And so here you have the Sea of Galilee; it's rich with this very particular fish that just happens to be kosher, embedded in northern Israel. And so she likely, if she, if that was the main export, and that's what she was doing with her life, and she had enough money and finances to be a financial supporter, she probably was a head of household. Maybe her husband had died. Maybe her husband was much older than her, which was not uncommon. Women got married as soon as they had their periods, you know? Yes. So maybe her husband was much older. Maybe her children had moved on. Maybe her children were died. Maybe she never had any kids.
0: Yeah. I wanted to bring up something when you were just saying that because what is the symbol of Christianity? The fish. Now, according to this, Magdala, where she came from, Mm -hmm. Magdala Nunaya, it means tower. Mm -hmm. But in the Babylonian Talmud, uh, it means tower of the fishes. Right, yeah.
1: right. So it's interesting that that was her nickname. So she must have had, she must have had a prominent attachment she to Magdala. Had to, she, she had, had to. to. Is it, it Magdala? She had that,
2: that the big fish money. She had
1: that big fish money. <laughs> she had that, she would have gangster fish money. And big you know what? Fishing, and again, and thinking about, so again, but thinking about her seven demons. Yes. And thinking about the six thing God hates, seven are detestable to him, right? They are, they're, they're issues of character that we often find most relevant in situations where money and power are an issue. Mm-hmm. You know, lying, bearing false witness, like you know, those are the six things in, that God hates. Seven that are detestable Him: a lying tongue, haughty eyes. Right. Um, so it's possible that the the picture to me that's emerging here is of a woman who has had had significant financial contributions, had significant power. She was not. She, she, she wanted no slouch because she wouldn't have been in charge of all the women. The fact that she's mentioned so many times and the fact that she's always the first in a list of women means that she was in charge of them. She was in charge of the troop of women. Much like how Phoebe was in charge of disseminating Paul's letter, Mary was in charge of the, of the women in Jesus' ministry, which means that she had an elevated place of importance in the ministry. Yeah. She had money. She had been delivered of the cares of this world, and she was now willing to expend all of that money in service of the message of the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that, and and this is also, to me, in her, her her level of spiritual importance is indic is is indicated by the the gospel of Mary, which. So for those of you that don't know, the Gospel of Mary is an apocryphal reading, and I'm just gonna like, I just I wrote a thing down. While you're looking at that,
0: can I bring up something real quick? No, pretty please. (laughs) Something that I was thinking of. No means no, right? Yeah,
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. (laughs) You know
0: when we read the Gospels, uh, every one of them have this eyewitness account of the crucifixion, Mm -hmm. but. None of the disciples were there. So the only way that they could have ever gotten the crucifixion eyewitness account would have had to have been from either Mary Magdalene or Mary, the mother of Jesus. Yeah. That's the only way they would get an eyewitness account. There are no others around there. Yeah. Except for the disciple whom Jesus loved in John. So there's that guy's there. So that means that these women are most likely the ones that gave us the eyewitness accounts.
1: Yeah, they had to have been. And it had to have come from
0: Mary Magdalene.
1: And given the fact that for in general in Jewish culture, not necessarily in Jewish religious circles, right? Because like what we're, you know, there's this off, there's an influence between American culture and American Christianity, but not all the rules cross, right? Right. right? Mm -hmm. So in Jewish culture, maybe women were not considered worthy of testimony. They were so low on the totem pole, but we have evidences of Jewish women having prominent places as priestesses in, in, in the movement. Obviously these women were so highly, Honored and revered and recognized as significant in the movement, that their word was good enough. Yes. Yes. It didn't need to be verified. Which, which, okay, so this is interesting. So, okay, background Gospel of Mary. Uh, in 1986, a German scholar named Karl Reinhardt purchases this codex from a manuscript dealer in Cairo. Now, a codex is the precursor to our modern book. It used to be that they would like take papyrus and flatten it out and make scrolls. At some point, they started being like, this is super annoying. Uh-huh. We should like make this easier to read. So they started cutting it into sheets and binding it together. And they would cut it into like specific numbers and then usually bind it with leather. So that's called a codex. It's just a, it's just a, it's just a book. Proto book. It's a proto book. But when you when we find a codex... It helps us date it, so we kind of know about when people stopped using scrolls and started using codices. So, anyway, the codices is the plural of codex. So, so he purchases his codex, which we now call the Germ- uh, the Berlin Codex, um, just from some dude, that some random guy, and inside this thing, it's from like the fifth century. He finds the Gospel of Mary, the Apocryphon of John, the Sophia of Jesus Christ, and the Acts of Peter. At that point, those are all previously unknown That's amazing. Works. I didn't realize that was in the 80s. I think they were no, no, mentioned.
0: Weren't they mentioned by— 18. Okay. I thought Irenaeus had mentioned them in his heresies.
1: Well, I, th- this, this is—
0: this it's fine, is, it's fine, it's fine.
1: It's possible that maybe, but this is like up until now, like, I, so the book that I have, The Gospel of Mary, of Magdala, Jesus and the First uh, Women Apostle, like this, this is the, yeah. it's, the, it's what we have it's all the pictures of the books that we have and it's the basic background of where the book came from so up until that point they hadn't been okay. so maybe yeah. they and, it's, and, and this, this is from maybe the 5th maybe somebody century. mentioned
0: their
2: existence historically but they never with found the book them.
0: themselves yeah, yeah. The yeah. that's, yeah, I was, that's where, where I was at is that's that they possible. were known that they were out there but they never found a copy
1: and which is interesting is like so you know that Nag Hammondi is the other one of the bigger excavations that they found you or know
0: religion, like, all that yeah Desi later scrolls.
1: on and that's like in like 1960 Forty-seven. 1947. Now, when they excavated all of that, they also found copies of the Sophia of Jesus and the Apocryphon of John and the Acts of Peter as well, so that they confirms that these were important books because stuff didn't get copied Y'all, making paper was a super pain in the butt. Yes, it was. It was not something like that you just did on a Saturday. Like, it was a big deal. So by the time something got written down, like, it was important. Right. And a lot of times we can date pieces of Scripture because we also—they also recycled it. Like, they didn't, like—they didn't throw anything away. So, like, we'll, like, be reading a piece of the gospel, and then on the back of it, it's like an old— legal document from Rome and it will say, when so-and-so was the emperor, we did this. And so now we can date that actual chunk of scripture that was written on because it was written on an old piece of recycled um, legal documentation that some Christian like stole and was using to keep a track of the story. Because that's how valuable
2: paper was. Because that's
1: how valuable paper was and how hard it was to come by. Right, and it's one of the ways that we can date things. So, so they found uh, several copies of that, but the co- but the, but there was not a copy of the of the Gospel of Mary. So, so, so this guy has this Berlin Codex. He's like, this is amazing. He starts to translate it, and then like, like. <sighs> all hell breaks loose, like World War I happens. There's like a pipe busts in the room where he's trying to like do all this work and everything gets wet. It's like it's a whole mess. Meanwhile, so while this is all going on, he's trying to translate it in 1917, another fragment of the Gospel of Mary is discovered in Egypt. This one is written in Greek. The Berlin Codex is written in Coptic. Mm-hmm. Which of course is Egyptian and it's the final iteration of the language of Egypt. Yeah. So that also helps us date things. Cause like we all know like the hieroglyphs because we've all seen like the Prince of Egypt and Pete, they wrote right. these little pictures. There was a there was a, a, an evolution to the written language uh, of of Egypt, and its final kind of iteration was Coptic, and it was really used by early Christians to record things. Anyway, this Berlin Codex is in Coptic, this fragment 1917 is Greek, and then another one shows up. Um, Another piece of the puzzle shows up in 1983, a third fragment of the Gospel of Mary is found. And all three got, all three chunks are contained in this book, and all three of them pretty much line up. Um, the challenge with the Berlin Codex is it was like an immaculate condition from being from the 5th century and not being discovered. So, 5th century is between 400 and 500 CE. Right. Um, I don't know how much everyone knows. I find that I, I might be over explaining things, but I never know like who's listening and who knows what. So, over explain, better. it's better. Yeah, yeah. over explain. Okay. So, the book's in perfect condition, and all the other books that are contained in the Berlin Codex are all complete. However, they've all been shuffled around. And the only pages missing are like pages like two through nine of the Gospel of Mary. Then there's a chunk that remains. And then chunks, um, like like and then the last the last little pit is, is is gone too. So it's like the only pieces that were actually removed are the pieces that are most relevant to her specific gospel. Mm. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Is
2: that has, has any of that ever been found?
1: No. Oh.
2: I, I, so the a fragments big
1: the fragments that we have found um exist support the pieces that we already have. Yeah. And so and they're all they all line up, there's no significant differences, which again attests to the importance of the Gospel of Mary for the early Christian movement because they copied it properly. They copied it well. Yeah. But yeah, so um somebody didn't like it. Somebody didn't want that story to be told. Yeah. No, that's a some genuine out.
0: disappointment.
2: I wonder if we'll ever find that. Probably. You know,
1: I hope, I, I don't know. It would be wonderful if we could find a full <laughs> copy in of the, the gospel. It's in the basement
2: are, of the basement of the Vatican it's in with a, many other things. That's what
0: I was getting ready to say. Yeah. It's in the catacombs. Yeah. It was
1: likely written like in like the third century, right? So it, it probably wasn't written. like It was written long after she was dead, uh-huh. yeah. right? Like a lot of these apocryphal works. Sure, sure. But it's possible that it was based on a teaching of hers that had circulated like she was still considered a prominent figure but here's what's interesting about the gospel of mary jesus is dead he's He's appeared to the disciples. He says a bunch of Jesus y things that are like normal <laughs> things Jesus would say. Right. Like consistent. Like, yeah, consistent yeah. with Jesus. Right. Like he's like, if someone says to you he's over here, don't listen to them. Don't add anything. Don't become promulgators of the law. Um, the, it's interesting because they don't translate, they don't translate son of man, they translate it son of humanity. Yeah. Um, or child of humanity, which is, but it's like whatever, son of man, child of humanity. It's like an apples and oranges. And, <laughs> you know, like it's it's potato potato. It's the same. But so he says a bunch of stuff that's you know, on brand for Jesus, and then he disappears. And all the disciples are super bummed. And Mary is not. Mary is unwavering. Hmm. Mary's like, chill out, y'all. It's going to be fine. And then—
0: Which makes sense when you consider she'd already been taught how to touch me not.
1: Yeah. So then Peter stands up and says—this is in in chapter 6, verses 1 through 2— Peter says, sister, we know that the Savior loved you more than all other women. Tell us the words of the Savior that you remember, the things which you know that we couldn't because we haven't heard them. I know what's coming. What? Keep going. So then, and then— and then the next pages are missing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: what I knew. It was oh coming. Oh like, "God, tell us, yeah. the a wise so woman."
0: And then it's, it's so like, brutal. It's so brutal. It's <laughs> so brutal. Is, that is massively disappointed. In the, back, disappointing. In the audio awful. book, in the audio book, when it gets to that, it goes, "Shh." Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. So that's my thing. Just kidding. That's so, she, but what happens is just she launches into this vision, and these are pages nine through 11 they're nine through 11 are missing which is the bulk of the teaching but um we can pick up on on page 12 and what she's talking about is the Ascension of the soul um fighting certain fighting powers so the soul has to like de- de- defeat certain powers on its way to becoming perfected so it's and again none of nothing in there is like totally different from what we always see like the soul is perfected we're constantly moving from glory to glory as we learn how to defeat sin on on deeper deeper levels yeah what's really interesting is um the fourth, so she goes through the fourth, the fourth power, um, and the fourth power has seven stages that it needs to, de- the seven things that it needs uh, to defeat. Yeah. And so that's like. That makes
0: sense, doesn't it, considering she had seven demons removed. Sure. Well, yeah. and that's
1: what's really interesting. It. So it's like, it's like, so when, so when the soul had brought the, pa- the third power to not, the third power is desire, it went upward and saw the fourth power and it had seven forms. The seven forms are darkness, desire, ignorance, the zeal for death, the realm of the flesh, the wisdom of the flesh, and a wrathful person. These are the seven powers of wrath. Mm. So for me, for me, Mary's description of seven powers that the soul must describe, must defeat in order to be whole. And they are the kinds of things that a wealthy fish gangster woman would have had to defeat as she climbed the ladder of the fish empire in huh. first century Magdala,
3: mm-hmm.
1: the things that she would have had to have been delivered from, because there are things that would have been essential to her economic survival in a, in a kingdom that required women to be shrewd economic managers. Right. Mm. This woman describes, I think she's describing the process of her own exorcism. And this is a special vision that she has. Man, that is excellent. That's related to a teaching that Jesus gave her personally. And then it's super fascinating because when she's done, Peter's like, shut up. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Peter's like, shut up and sit down. You don't know anything. And she starts crying. She's like, why would I make this up? Why would I do that? You asked me for comfort. You said, tell us something that Jesus didn't tell us. I did. And now you're like yelling at me. And then I think it's Andrew that sends up and is like, you know what, you know he said stuff to her that he didn't say to us. Right. Quit being a jerk. Yeah. And then that's the end of the book.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. So
1: so so even so, even even in, even even in amongst the works attributed to her, we see the culturally embedded misogyny that would desire to strip her of her relevance in the Jesus movement. As even as
2: I would say that it's being addressed. Although in a short in a short version, it's literally being addressed in the work.
1: Exactly, exactly. Even as she's being honored and venerated for her unique knowledge, she's being attacked and accused of it. So in my so so in the so so we have several things. We have we have a culture that um, put women in charge of households, which were tiny economies, which gave them access to money and influence. We have a culture that in Rome that had a patronage system that um, put people at the top, paying the way of people at the bottom. There was a tit-for-tat relationship involved, which is one of the reasons why I think Paul kind of goes out of his way to make a whole paragraph thanking Phoebe for everything she's done, you know? Yeah, right. Because these women had that level of power, they could make or break you with their financial support. Yeah. Again, this isn't like you could just go to Ingalls and get a job bagging on the side. You know, no, no. It, you couldn't just like decide to pick up a second shift. It's not how it worked. Right. So these women were powerful enough that they needed this level of recognition, that these men were willing to give them this level of recognition. Also, I think that there's humility in the early Christian community. There's a, rather, a true a yeah, true love, right? But 28 people get thanked. 10 of them are chicks. Yep. And- most of them weren't attached to a dude. Yeah. single women. Yeah. So we have all of that going on. And then we have um, and then we have the fact that this religion is sort of sequestered away at the beginning and and has to be run in homes that were run by women. The fact that Mary's uh, Mary's reputation. The fact that it shifts in that sixth century, in the Middle Ages, right? From this mystic woman who had special knowledge to this example of like lascivious, over, you know, indulgent, sexually promiscuous, you know, thing. It's the evolution of Christianity from a oppressed movement that was supported by women who ran houses to a prominent political a political tool to control the empire. When you see that shift in the opinion of Mary, what you're seeing is the shift in culture from now we want to line ourselves up with the misogynistic and patriarchal culture of the day, which was because now men ran the political. Again, women oikos, men polis. So we had to remove women from those positions of power and authority because now the church was meeting in public. The ah, church became a public it space. Became a it, became space. A, it became a political space. It became a political space.
2: Yeah. Yeah, That I mean, that computes. It right? does. If does. your that mic computes. wasn't so
1: expensive, I would drop it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That was awesome.
1: And that's the yeah. end of it. But that that's was, it.
0: That was awesome. Yeah, great job. So how do you, um, That which is awesome, but, you know, do you... Uh, you, When I first met you, you talked about how much you loved Mary Magdalene. You went and visited a, ch- a basilica or a church or something? Oh,
1: I did. What's cool about – well, what's kind of cool about traveling and – it's, like, so stupid. It's, so, like, when I was, like, traveling in Spain. <laughs> so, like, She's a process theologian. Yeah, I was, like, kind of a process theologian that, like, traveled through Spain. When I was, like – At this tiny little basilica in France. Like, it makes me sound like such a jerk. I hiked the Camino de Santiago when I graduated from college in 2019. It is a super old um, trail that, legend goes, was walked by John as he was preaching his gospel in and throughout Spain. So it starts on the border of France and Spain, uh, which is where— The uh, the mountains are the Great Pyrenees Mountains, and then it 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 goes all across the top of Spain, and it ends in um, uh, Santiago de Compostela, Santiago de Compostela on the coast. (laughs) So you hike through. I could I can barely hear it at that speed. Santiago de Compostela. Santiago. So yeah. Hey, I did it. (laughs) Yeah. So I was hiking that. Um, It's not glamorous. You sleep in hostels full of like snoring dudes that smell like wet corn chips because everybody's hiking like 10 to 15 miles a day with like backpacks and stuff. Like, you know, you're just like cobbling together meals out of whatever everybody happens to have in their backpack in like the communal kitchen. You know, my flip-flops got stolen. I'm telling you, like, it's not as glamorous as it sounds, but it was awesome.
3: Yeah.
1: And um, one of the things that's cool about being in a lot of these old churches is, um, is, is the relics and the way that— like, when I was in Cuenca, and they had this particular day, um, María de la Luz, M- M- Mary of the Light, they were having this María de la Luz s- ceremony, and they pull out this, like, massive statue that's carried through town, decorated in flowers, and that—Mary M- and Jesus are black. Hmm. They're black. Because why wouldn't they be? I mean, they sh- they're <laughs> definitely not white. Right. And, like, yeah. they're made of dark wood. They're carved out of dark, dark wood. Sure. And so, like, you see all these—and, like, they really venerate—they um, really venerated women. Like, the Catholic—like, for some reason, some of the more ancient churches, you know, that were, like, have these establishments from, like, before things got all, like, icky. Yeah. You know, they're really, really, really old. You know, they have a lot of that stuff in there. Like, so, yeah, so I did—I I, I, I got—there's it. A, a—Mary ch- uh, Magdalene, there was a church—there's several churches erected to— Several people, you know, like stopped in basilicas that were erected for John the Baptist, stopped in basil- But I did. I stopped into a basilica that was erected for Mary Magdalene, and it was closed. Oh. And I was so upset because I had like rerouted my entire day to like go through this one particular town to be able to stop at this particular church, and it was closed. And so I wound up just like sitting—and and what's interesting, too, is that in Spain, in order to get there to that church, I had to hike the—it's uh, called the— Calzada Romana, and it's the oldest stretch of Roman road still exists, still in existence in Spain. That's really awesome. It's like the original. So like this old AF church on this old AF path, like I was like walking the original Roman road, like, and parked myself at her church and then just like, yeah, wasn't able to go in, but I could just, I don't know, I could feel, I don't know, man. That that's what makes me kind of like almost heretical. I could feel her. Yeah. I could feel her.
0: It makes you almost heretical. Because you feel like you feel... I thought you were surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses that she was one of your witnesses.
1: Oh, she is. That's so what I'm saying. So that's not saying. heretical. Well, that's what I think, you know. I think she was there. And she just felt... I mean, she just, I could just tell that I was in the presence of like a bad bitch. I could just tell. Yeah. I could just feel it.
0: <laughs> no, that was heretical. <laughs>
1: yeah. I could just feel it. And I just felt it. And I just imagined myself like what it would be like to be like, you know, one of her disciples. You know, in that moment, in a weird way, I felt like I felt like I was one of her disciples. You know, I felt like... Yeah, I felt like I was one of her disciples. Not just, you know, obviously Jesus is in charge of all of us, right? Like, duh. But I was—some people really like Paul. Some people really like Peter. Some people really like, you know, different characters in the Bible that they just really—that's kind of who whose life they—and people really love David. I just really love Mary Magdalene. <laughs> and in that moment, I just—I uh, just, I just I felt her, and I was like, so they tradition, don't, get you. Tradition they don't goes, get
0: you. tradition goes is that she traveled with John— Um, But the Apostle John. Mm. Mm. That was tradition, is that she traveled with him. Mm. Um, I think that there's there's a good reason to believe that that's that's very feasible. I think that she Mm -hmm. probably did. She ended up going to Turkey, but that that custom of that John was in Spain is what really brings Mary to Spain, Mm -hmm. is because Mary was with John, Mm. okay? Now, here's something interesting. If it is John, in the Gospel of John, where you hear about Mary and this is going to take me literally 20 seconds okay mm. when you hear about mary getting the first like eyewitness there's jesus resurrected mm-hmm. there is something mentioned earlier right before that wherever the disciple whom jesus or it wasn't the disciple whom jesus loved it was that other disciple at this point who is with peter goes into the tomb mm-hmm. and sees the napkin mm-hmm. and it says and then he believed Mm. So, you know, I said earlier about how she was the actual mm-hmm. first embodiment of the church. Mm-hmm. John, they believe that that was John. Mm-hmm. I say Lazarus, but it's, it's saying, <laughs> let's say it's John. John believes while he's in the tomb. Mary sees him and believes. Mm-hmm. So it kind of unites those two together in, you know, church history. They, they take mm. Mary Magdalene and John and they sort of keep them mm. together for the rest of their lives. And eventually she dies and is buried in Turkey. Oh. Yep.
1: That's interesting. Which we have no way of knowing if that uh, really happened. That's but what those they, are that's just tradition. Like, yeah, that's tradition. I like that.
0: Yeah. I like that. So anyway.
1: That's great. That's
0: all I got for you, man. All right.
1: Well, y'all, this was a great episode. It this was. Yes. was a lot of that fun. That was fun. Thank you. Yeah. Feel f- feel feel free to um, you know, those of you that have the means become Patronages. Oh, yeah. Pa- patrons do we have of, of Rosa Berea.
2: I think do we have a thank you, correct? I mean, I don't know that we have a name for it, but there's a thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody that did something very nice
0: for you. Yeah.
1: It makes me feel so, so special. Someone, someone, one of our lovely uh one of our lovely Patreon members, maybe, must have been, or somebody, somebody who listens to this podcast, yep. um, gave me a gift, gave me some money, which is amazing. Cause yeah. I'm like about From to have a second baby and another. can't work. I know that made me feel like, that made me feel really seen. I know that's the thing that we say now, but it means something, you know, cause I like, I struggle a lot being kind of stuck at home with these kids and trying to, like, keep my identity and still feel like I matter somehow outside of the realm of just, like, washing diapers and, like, making dinner.
0: Yeah, and which so, is an incredibly important ministry. Keep which doing is an incredibly
1: it. important ministry, and I'm not mad about it, but <laughs> it's like, you know, like, I, I, I struggle to remember that there's more to me than that, you know? And yeah. so that just When made you start me so wiping really my butt
0: I, in public, it's a problem, <laughs> right?
1: Is it a problem or is it a performance? <laughs> oh I mean, boy. we can put a tip out, hat out. know, so I, I mean, I don't I know think if you've been to downtown get less Asheville. That way. Yeah, I don't know if you've been to downtown Asheville and seen some of the street performers. But I mean, I think me wiping your butt in public might per- surpass some of them. Yeah, yeah, wow. it might,
2: There's, it could be an upgrade over a couple of them. Be. It's fair. <laughs> that's that's terrible, but that doesn't make it untrue just because it's terrible. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, So, so I really appreciated that. But if any of you folks out there do happen to have, the, you know, much like the structure of Rome when we had patrons of wealthier means supporting the proles. You know, if you have the means, you know, our Patreon page is available for y'all to just participate in any way you can. You get special stuff like um, the notes for today's episode, all, oh, the, all the work I that can I put did. put them up? Yeah, we can put that up. Um, all Wonderful. the books that I read, I got the the references there uh, as well as, and I think on the website itself, right, we're going to post a map yep. of the Sea of Galilee so you can see for yourself just how close I'll put the permanent Magdala I'll put the map were. on
0: Patreon as well.
1: Yeah, I'll put the map, map on Patreon as well. Yeah, so, so uh, if you have the means for just as little as a dollar you can become a supporter of this ministry and, and this work and, if,
2: and of actually, course as
0: always if you don't yeah. hey that's great too yeah, yeah of course totally. yeah yeah, of course it's uh, for ours um, I think three dollars is the minimum I say oh, a dollar yeah three dollars is for a month but that doesn't oh, yeah. mean anything if somebody really wants something you know you can actually reach out to me yeah you know yeah, you can yeah. I'm not gonna hold it back I'm just success. trying to steal I'm just trying to steal all your money yeah <laughs> yeah
1: yeah alright well I think that's I think that wraps it up I great. gotta
0: admit, this is so. We wrapped up the Mary Magdalene.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You did a great job as host. Thanks. I'm so excited. I'm so glad.
1: This is my first time doing anything even like hosty. Oh, you which killed is it! Nice you killed most it. Most of the time, yeah. I'm just constantly interrupting you. <laughs> most of the time, I'm like, wait,
2: wait, until <laughs> That's that's honestly that's good too. <laughs> okay. I gotta admit,
0: <laughs> as I was sitting here, I was feeling it. I was like, I could feel it, like. You were controlling it, and I could feel that. And then I was like, I, I felt that, all, you know, the feeling when you're trying to run the show. I was able to take a breath and just relax and know that you had mm-hmm. it. It was fun. I enjoyed well, it.
1: Well, what might be fun for Notes to the Underground in the future, you know, because we're going to take a break now. We'll come back in January. That's right. I'm going to push out a kid, you yep. know? Yep. And uh, that's going to gonna take me a minute to recover from. Yeah, <laughs> you'll be a little busy. And
0: for, yes. and for the $250 donation, we will give you a video of that on our Patreon page.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> first of all, I don't know if you've been a part of a birth. Nobody ain't nobody got,
0: nobody <laughs> you know, want to see that.
1: I'm telling I, you right now. I have now, been,
0: I have been. I mean,
1: in, I told Dylan, I remember I was what, in
0: one, I'm, I was a part of a birth, yeah, and then I also watched them. yeah.
1: Ha, ha, and doing it a second time is so different, right? Like the first time, I, yeah, I talked about this where like the first time, you know, we're like, says pack our niece pillows and like made a little playlist and don't forget to bring the like wonder boom so I can listen to my playlist you know yeah. and then like it gets there and I was like turn it off turn it off I told my husband I told my husband and we was living in Siena at the time we weren't married yet but I was like listen don't bring my good <laughs> pillow with like the brand new white pillowcases with the little red birds on it that I got from Ikea you know just bring like the like bring a comfy pillow but bring like a crappy one you know and you know sweet man with when it time came was so panicky just what did he do he grab my some white pillow <laughs> and like i'm like and like so i give birth no drugs totally natural it was metal and i'm like cleaning <laughs> everything up we're like you know and dylan dylan just looks at me and he's got this look on his face like oh uh, like i just he knows how much trouble he's about to be in right and all he does <laughs> is just like lift the pillow up from the floor and it kind of looks like it's been in that scene in Carrie at the end. <laughs> you, know? Like, you know? And I'm like, that pillow's a goner. Yeah. <laughs> that pillow's a goner. I, you must, know?
0: I must tell you, because you said this to me before and it was in, like, burned into my memory. You birthed that child's like crouch standing, right? Yeah,
1: I squatted her. I <laughs> Metal. Squatted her in the world. Metal. Except except that her shoulder <laughs> got stuck. And so then I had Ooh. to like quickly fl- Yeah, it's called a shoulder dystocia. So it's normal, like, especially with your first pregnancy. Um, so I had to like flip over and like then, you know, the d- d- doctor's like, Dylan, grab her leg, you know, like they're like maneuvering <laughs> baby squirted out like a greased pig. It was good. But yeah, most of the most of it I would I did. I just like held on to the back of the bed and squatted down like my old Native American ancestors. <laughs> Is just push that baby out. If oh. I'd had a papoose, I'd have just wrapped her up and kept gathering corn just, or whatever. <laughs> just you walked know? on up and just yeah, kept doing the yeah. crops. So, yeah. So, uh, just to recap, we will not be posting that on the Patreon.
0: Okay. Point. Yeah. Very but we good. are going to
1: take a break uh, from, from the podcast, right? We're going to take a break until January. We'll be back until January. So, I mean, personally, for me, I'm amenable to um, suggestions. Hmm. What I would like to do next is a deep dive on um, Jesus and sex work. And I would like to look at, um, you know, what, is, what, 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 is, what did sex work look like in the Bible, and what was Jesus's, and what, what's our, what our attitude as Christians now should be regarding um, sex work. Um, that would be fun. But if any of our um, if any of our listeners have a specific thing they might like to hear more about, too. Yeah. yeah. Maybe they could make a suggestion for Notes from the Underground. They could.
0: You know? I'm sure Hey, I'm all, I'm all about sex work. <laughs> I mean, as a no, subject no. or a topic. Awesome. Well, you know
1: what they say. Enough do what you love and you Ray. never work a day in your life.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's like Anthony Jezelnick, and, and I'm done. He said, uh, Do you know who that is, Anthony Jezelnick?
2: Yeah, he's a comedian, isn't he? I he don't, is. He's I, a I very
0: dark comedian. And he said, He said his uncle uh, worked for a summer camp for kids that were about to be molested.
1: What? <laughs> That's <laughs> <a> horrible. <laughs> oh
0: my, oh my he, God. But then he goes, He said he never worked a day in his life.
1: (laughs) Oh, that's horrible. And that's
0: the end of that one. Sorry. (laughs) Oh, that's so rough. so rough. So rough. Well, gross. you did a good job.
1: All right. Thanks again. All right. Appreciate it. Talk to you later.
0: Hey, guys. This is Rick from the boroughs of Berea. Do you know how much blood, sweat, and tears it takes to make a podcast? None. But that doesn't mean that it doesn't cost a lot. And so if you guys don't mind, if anybody would like to give to help us with these episodes, it would be great. We'll put out even more content. And if you go to our Patreon page, just search for the Burrows of Berea. You'll get extra notes, extra episodes, and it's pretty much free. A dollar gets you a lot. Thanks, guys.
1: Cooked his dinners and rubbed his back. Like, what does that mean? Because if you look at the word, it's the same word used to describe Deacon, a person who was in charge of helping out running the service. So it's not. It's it's likely that these women weren't just like doing women's work. They were supporting his. When they say supporting his yeah, ministry, yeah, think that they,
0: they were making him fish sandwiches all day.
1: Sure, <laughs> sprat. Apparently, that's the name of the fish that they fished in Magdala. Spratt. Yeah, what was it? Sprat. Sprat. It was a little a little salty, boneless fish. Boneless. Yeah, I I looked it up. Let we'll me find it. <laughs> i have six pages of notes it's on like this. a sardine bro yeah it's literally a sardine oh, okay mm-hmm.
0: okay that's why they have you ever had of a kippered beef snack
1: spratfish which is this little six inch long fish that could be dried and exported yeah it's a booming it's business a in the region sardine. it's a sardine that's yeah. uh, not a, not a boneless fish but like yeah a little tiny probably when it probably not
2: boneless but just the bones and don't the, matter. The bones are like, yeah, almost cartilage like some little fish are. You can Yeah. Eat them. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't have to deep them. Yep. We're rolling.
0: Oh, we're rolling. Yeah. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Keep them dogs yeah. rolling.
1: Yeah, I found this really interesting website that had like a whole outline of like the three years of his ministry. And he went up to Capernaum at some point. Um. John 2, 2, after this, he and his mother and brothers, after turning the water into wine, went up to Capernaum and stayed there only a few days, then travels back down to Jerusalem for Passover, then makes his way back up, reaching Galilee in the first year of his ministry. But in the second year of his ministry, after he gets chased out of Nazareth, that's when he actually—I think it's when he gets chased out of Nazareth. Yeah. That's when he actually, like, moves to Capernaum and, like, starts his ministry there. Yeah. And and so towards
0: Samaria, actually. Yeah. He, he at does that a lot point, at the the well. Remember the woman at the well? Yeah, That's so the then Mary. the question
1: becomes like, so mm-hmm. did did Mary hear of him when he first went to Capernaum? And like, was she healed of him? Like, like, you know, it's just hard to say. But like, because he'd kind of been chilling in that general like area, you know, before he went down and then came back up, you know, and then settled there, the second and third year of his ministry was like all in that little area. Yeah. So it's really hard to say like at what point You know, did she become a part of the posse? Yeah. Yeah. But in any case.